Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm just doing a little intro because I have Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom on today. I do want to say that next week I'm going to do a 16 and Recovery Roundup, 16 and Recovering Roundup, and just go over the whole series, I think, is my plan, so that will be happening next week. Uh, Also, if you want to find my Patreon, you can go to www.patreon.com slash LizExplains. I actually have a really exciting episode coming up this week. I had the YouTuber Smokey Glow on my podcast, and we talked for two and a half hours last night. It was, we vibed so, so, so hard, and we had such an interesting conversation about YouTube in general and, like, the meta side of YouTube and making money on YouTube and what it's like to get a little famous on YouTube and when YouTube goes from hobby to a career. It was so good. If you are a fan of YouTube or Smokey Glows in general or you just want to hear more conversation about what it's like to be a YouTuber, come on over to my Patreon. I think you will enjoy it. I have lots of fun episodes over there. And last week, Princess and I talked about the show Kel on Earth. I've done Bling Ring, Toddlers and Tiaras. Upcoming, I have a Love After Lockup episode as well. So yeah, if you're interested in that, come on over and listen. If not, I hope you enjoy Feathers My Hair this week. And yeah, next week I'll do 16 and Recovering. And also, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who was really nice last week after my very weird emotional breakdown episode (laughs) that I acknowledge was a little much. Like, I acknowledge that that episode was a little much, but I got really, really, really nice response to it. And I just love you guys all so much. I appreciate you all so much. So I hope you enjoy. Bye. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Liz. What's up? Oh, nothing. Just so everybody knows, I was on Amanda's podcast this week. It's called Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom. I We talked about season four, episode 10 of Teen Mom 2, which was really fun and exciting and a lot happened. So if you want to hear that, make sure to go listen to Amanda's podcast. And now Amanda gets to talk with me about an um, extremely boring new episode of Teen Mom 2. Yeah, but Liz, one of the most fun things is to see uh, from the season four episode that we talked about how little has how little growth has been made with any of these girls. It's honestly kind of remarkable. Like, <laughs> like all of them, every single one of them. It's really, it honestly is very upsetting in some ways. Like when you watch those early seasons and at least when you were watching them when they were new, you're like, well, things will change. Like, they'll get better. Someone will. Someone will. And yet, (laughs) and yet very few matured. Um, Let's start with Kale, because she had kind of a nothing, like, it's weird. She actually was on screen very little. Like, they didn't really show Kale almost at all this episode, but I do have a lot to say about what happened in the five minutes that she was on screen. Right. I don't think she smiled once or had her voice no. not screaming the whole time. This, this episode just made me really sad for Kale because it just shows me how... So Kale's what? Like 28 now, I think, around there? Because I think sure. she's like... Late 20s. Let's just yeah. call them late 20s. Yeah. She's late 20s because they're just a couple years younger than me. And... So in this episode, last episode ends with Kale's mom calling her. She takes the phone call in this episode. It's just really 
sad to me how little work she's done on her, not her relationship with her mom, because I understand that she does not have a relationship with her mom and that's not really on her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's kind of a different conversation. I would say like the anger towards her mom. That's what I was exactly going to say. Just like her, her rage toward (sighs) the situation and like not, not coming to terms in any way with, with it. So I think a big thing, as I've always said, Kale would like greatly benefit from adult children of alcoholics. Like she needs to do massive inner child work. Like she is a textbook adult child of an alcoholic. And basically Kale's mom calls her and she's like, well, did you know your grandmother died? And Kale's like, yeah, I knew that. Like, why are you calling? And I think, I think what we saw was somebody unleashing on someone in a way that really made them feel good in the moment. And then they felt really sad about it after the fact. But do you think, um, cause I, I, I recapped the past three episodes yesterday with Jody, So this is like, so in my mind, but, um, so this is something I kind of pondered yesterday. Do you think that this would have been the exact same conversation if the cameras weren't there? Yes, I do. Really? I a hundred percent do. Yeah. So you think Kale's like authentic on camera? I think when it comes to her mom, this is like the most authentic we will see Kale. Honestly, I think that phone call was possibly the most authentic we will ever see Kale. Like, I think that, I think that she can't turn that off. Like, I think when it comes to her mom at this point in her life, because I get what you're saying. Would she have gone so hard? I mean, like, my kids don't know you. I think that was, like, totally, like, a CPTSD reaction. Like, I don't think she was, like, in her body at that yeah, point. Yeah, do, do like, you think that she just kind of – I feel like um, she imagines what she would say to her yes. mom if she called every day of her life. And exactly. so she's had this whole speech prepared for and the, years. the thing is – the thing that makes me so sad is that one part of growing up when you have shitty parents, right. And you become an adult, like part of it is like, you have to let that go because you can't force your parent to become a good person. Like you can't, you cannot make that happen. All you can do is like move on from those feelings. And it's just really sad. I think you're exactly right. That Kale has like fantasized about this moment and like what she would do. And that's why I think she unleashed so hard. And that's what I meant by like, it probably felt really good in the moment to like, just like lash into her mom and not think about it. And that's like, when she talked to Patrick after you could tell she was going to cry. And I think that was like the come down of it (laughs) of like, I, my mom is still exactly the same. Like, is she, I don't know. I don't know what Kale wants from her mom, I guess is hard to like she, her mom calls and Kale's like right away. She was like, you can't just call me when you want. Like, I'm shocked you're even calling me. I didn't know if you're dead or alive. And Susie's like, oh, well, have you not received my letters and the cards? And I think that is when Kale like flipped. That's the conversation that I've been seeing online a lot is who do we believe here? I feel like the, the answer, the, the truth lies obviously in the middle, but. No, I don't think so. I think Kale you hundred percent. Absolutely. I think people that don't believe Kale need to like take a step back and That's realize what I their thought hatred too. of Kale is so fucking next level that you believe a deadbeat alcoholic who repeatedly signed over the rights yeah. to her child. It, like if you believe that, like you need to take a step back to the, to the family of the boy who knocked her up. And before that, at one point, a neighbor had custody of Kale. Like, like, (laughs) 
you know, like Kale is so not perfect and Kale has so many issues. And I don't even think she handled this phone call perfectly. Like I have a lot of criticism for how she like handled this situation. But I think that if you believe Susie in this case, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like Susie also, is a I, lifelong I, alcoholic. Like, I think it's important that MTV, if we look at the fact that MTV chose to edit in, like, cause they could have showed any clip, but like at the beginning of the episode, they kind of show like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, remember this flashback? And they show Susie saying, okay, well, you know, I wish you the best. What mom tells her daughter, <laughs> I wish you the best. And yeah, just, that's it. Also the fact that like, the clips they have to show us of her mom are 10 years old because her mom just like has not yeah. been in her life. And I would want to remind everyone the last time Kale tried to let her in, she left Lincoln with Susie and Susie got drunk. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think it's crazy. Like I, I think in her heart, Kale's actually desperate for her mom to reach out. So I think that if her mom was sending letters and cards so I'm not sure she would give them to the kids, right? Like, I think that's probably where would Kale would exert her, like, power and control in a way that maybe is unhealthy. But I think we would have heard about it. That's that's very true. I also just, I did want to note that she does have her mom's number saved in her phone as yeah. mom. I did notice that too. And I was, I'm guessing that her mom just maybe hasn't changed her number. Because right. here's the thing, Kale obviously feels, and I I don't think Kale's wrong for the most part, right? That Susie is 100% responsible for their relationship. And she's toxic. She, she's toxic. And I think, I think she's exactly right that Susie is toxic. Susie is not willing to look at her part. But I think what Kale... Kale wants Susie to like call her up and be like, I am completely wrong about everything. I'm so sorry. I take accountability for everything. And that's never going to happen. And I think Kale carrying around that rage in her at her mom for not doing that, as we see when she talks to her mom and like loses her mind on her. I mean, she wasn't screaming, but she was really upset. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I think that to me just shows like how much work Kale has to do in the mom department and like how much shit she is carrying around when it comes to her mom. And like, I feel like the mark of like a true emotional recovery from like a traumatic situation is when you can just be neutral towards it. And you're not that triggered so quickly. It was like one to a hundred in that moment. And I get that. I've totally been there. If my abuser called me right now, like I would, I would, that would be my exact reaction. Yeah. You would lose your mind. Panic attack. Yeah. Panic attack, screaming. Yes, for sure. Because you're not over it yet. And I'm not saying like you get over it. I right. think the word recover and it's a, it's a is a different more correct. situation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But I think I think recover from the situation is like I think that's a better way to say it than get over it. You know what I mean? I think get over sounds so callous. Um, and it's just not how humans really are. But like if like I don't know, I what I would like to see from Kale is that when her mom calls her, she can just be like, Okay, well, how are you? How are you doing? Why haven't I heard from you? And just like have a conversation and assess where she thinks her mom is. And the interesting thing is she says to Patrick, her producer, she goes, well, if my mom starts calling me regularly now, then maybe I'll consider letting her in. And I'm like, do you want that? Like, but she does though, Liz, because you, you know what shows me that she does want it is she that does. her mom's number isn't blocked in her phone. Yep. And that she picked up the call. 
and then she picked up the call and she like immediately like that was immediately addressed i just anyone i don't want to talk to like is blocked in my phone on facebook everything so the fact that she is not blocking this she wants the possibility to know if her mom does reach out to her it's It's, so sad it's really sad and it is like her relationship with her mom explains basically everything about her, right? Like, yes. like every bad decision she makes, like is reflective in this conversation that she had with her mom. And I think you're very right. Like she does want it. And it's so interesting. I think this also shows um, how toxic kills in all of her relationships. And I'm not saying Kale is abusing her mom in this conversation because I do not believe that, but that Kale spoke to her so harshly, immediately picked a fight. Cause like you said, I think she was triggered. Like, I don't think this yeah. was like a conscious, like I'm going to fight with my mom. Oh no, this was um, like a stream of consciousness. Like, yeah. Like, like, like we said in the last episode, when I recorded with you, like that, she was like outside of her body, like to the left of it. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> that was not, that was not like, that was disassociation, like rage blackout moment. But I think the thing that's very interesting is that she did speak really awfully to her mom and was essentially like, I don't ever want to fucking hear from you again. But then she turns around and she's like, well, if she really cared, she'd keep calling me. And I'm like, oh, that's why you're an abuser. Because Kale is an abuser. It's the definition of of an abusive relationship and victim of just... I don't want to hear from them. But I mean, if they make an effort, I guess I can probably like reach out and forgive them. Yeah. It's interesting because Kale is the victim in the situation with her mom. But in this conversation, I can see the abusive tendencies that Kale has. Um, oh, yeah. Because we know Kale's an abuser. You've been watching season four where she hits Javi. Like we- she also hits Joe at the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, she hits Joe. It's and she also, and then she gets she files a, a PFA on him. Yes, I know. God only know what's going on between her and Chris. Like I, who? Well, I mean, knows. she's the other thing that annoys me is that I um the to get a PFA is that what is, yes PFA, right in New York because I had to file for one. It is like pulling fucking teeth. So, so I don't know how she's getting in Pennsylvania. It's quite teeth. easy to get oh, a okay. temporary PFA, which is okay, like gotcha. the first. And I would imagine Delaware is the same, which you get it for ten days and then you go in front of the judge and then you decide. And right. the reason it's quite easy is because no judge wants to be the one that like doesn't give it to you and then you get killed like totally totally it's so, also kind of fucked up though that people who have to file and this is why i mean this is why my story is where it is but the fact that if you if you're not kale and you're actually in fear of your mm-hmm. life um you have to actually go before you have to meet this person yeah. in court or yeah. you have to have ten thousand dollars to send a lawyer in your on your behalf you also have to give information your address the yeah. person gets served and your address is yeah. on there yeah it's scary the whole system is very i mean it, this whole year for me has been very eye-opening for me on how the justice system is flawed yeah, it sucks <laughs> it fucking sucks but yeah i really can see like how kale has taken i think a lot of people that are abused as children kind of go one of two ways where they are constantly victimized um until they do a lot of work on themselves or, and it's interesting because adult children of the alcoholic has this thing called the laundry list, which lists all those characteristics of the people that continue to get victimized. And then they have what's called the other laundry list, which Kale hits every, everything on. And that's for the people that grow up to be, to like model that toxic behavior. You know what I mean? Where like they take on the traits of the abuser and like, I don't know, just something about like 
her turning around and being like, if my mom cares, she's going to keep calling. Like after Kale basically told her like to drop dead, like, is this, you know what I mean? Like, it's like essentially what she said. And I'm just like, oh, that's why Kale's still with Chris. Because this is what they do. They speak to each other this way and they treat each other this way. And then at the end, they're like, well, they better call me. It's all just, they're just living for that apology. Yes. They're, they like live for that. Uh, it, and it's, it's sad so because sad. it's not, her mom could call her and be like, everything I did was wrong. And I don't think Kale would accept it because she, she doesn't accept it in her heart. What Kale doesn't understand that her mom's behavior actually has very little to do with her own recovery, emotional recovery. And that like, if she does the real work, like the intensive work and maybe sees a psychiatrist and is like an intensive therapy, um, that while obviously you can still be hurt by your parent, that you can, like, you forgive them. You Like, forgiveness is about yourself, right? Is what they always say. And like, you yeah. have to forgive for yourself. And you learn that like closure isn't real and that like these expectations you have of that, like how good you'll feel when like someone comes and apologizes to you are just not true. And I think her mom could have called her up there and been like, I'm five years sober. I want to make amends to you. I'm so sorry. I want to be part sure. of your life. And it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a different conversation at all. So do you think that Kale will ever find peace and be happy and have a stable life so anyone here's and what thing. would that person look like like what it, what do you think the person is i think it's a woman for one. Uh, absolutely it's a woman yeah. um i think there's two folds to this question one i just like to remind people that even though i'm saying like well she's in her late 20s she's only in her late 20s yeah, she's only in her late 20s like I'm my parents 40. didn't figure out their shit until they were 50 <laughs> you know what i mean like like, I know we have this belief that like a person can never change and like who they are is who they are. But I think because I'm in a space where like I see people get sober later in life, like quite often and see the change they can make. Um, I think there, she could, do you know what I, like, I think she could, like, I think if Kale hits an emotional breaking point and like really decides that she wants to get better, she could, um, I think that Kale has a lot of, I mean, not for nothing, like she gets rewarded for her bad behavior. I think the Definitely. reason that most people end up getting better is because their life falls apart in so many ways and that they can physically and mentally, emotionally, financially no longer continue the way that they are. Right. Like, so they, they like hit a wall and like have to do the work on themselves. And unfortunately for Kale, I think what's going to happen is that she's going to have to feel so miserable, even though things around her financially and like career wise may still be good. So I think that actually makes it a lot harder, which is very interesting because the reality is, is Kale's in the best position to get help because she has almost unlimited resources. Right. And like, she could like check herself in for 45 days, like an intensive mental health thing. Like she has the resources to get better. And this is what's frustrating with people with mental illness, right? Is like the people that don't have the resources, like, and want to do the work can't get access can't, to and it. They can't afford it. But the people that do have the resources, it can actually be, I think, emotionally harder to get there because like you can float for a lot longer. Well, also if she checked herself into a mental illness facility, everyone in the entire universe would find out about it. So yeah. that's another thing is she's like in the public all the time. Yeah. Imagine like, I thought about this. I remember when Demi Lovato relapsed and they thought she died, she overdosed. And yeah. I remember just thinking like, 
what does Demi Lovato feel like waking up in the hospital after an overdose and like knowing it is on the cover yeah. of every website, millions of tweets, like, at, like imagine how terrible that feels. And it's, kind, although obviously Kale's not as famous as Demi Lovato and it is a different situation. I think you're exactly right. Like, so I don't know. I think that Kale has to want to get better. And I do think at some point in her life, she could do that. And I do want to remind people that like, she still has a lot of years left to live. You know what I mean? Like she's still very yeah. young in some aspects. So I, I see a lot of stuff online of also people just kind of thinking that Kale is just kind of dead inside and just a complete bitch. She'll never, but if you want to think like, I do think that there is hope for her to actually open herself up. I almost everyone. I do too. And I think that she can open herself up and let herself love someone. And if you, if you just focus on the fact that when you see her around her kids, she is a hundred percent vulnerable. She is, she has, she has self-awareness. Do you yeah. ever, like, I rarely, rarely, rarely will listen to her podcast, but sometimes someone never be like this thing happened so I'll like I'll skip mm -hmm. to where it is and like sometimes she speaks about herself with such a self-awareness that I'm sure. like so I, Janelle I think, does that too actually Janelle I feel sometimes I'm like you really are uh you know what's going on here I think though Kale's a lot more self-aware than Janelle which puts her in a better position but I'm I'm also someone that believes Janelle could get better I do too I, I, like, I wish I think, for it I think everybody Almost everybody has the capacity to get better. Almost everybody. Of course, there are situations that they can't. So I just feel like it's crazy to say that, like, Kale, it's too late. She's a lost cause. It can never happen. So the second part of, like, what does her life look like in a healthy relationship is that it does not until she does the first part. She's never going to be in a she's healthy just, relationship. She's just going to be in, she's, she's going to go from relationship to relationship to re abusive relationship to abusive relationship. Yeah. She's not just going to wake up one day and stop being abusive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not going to happen. Like or she's being not attracted to abusive abusers. People. Yeah. Either way. You know what I mean? Or being what I believe her and Chris have one of the rare few mutually abusive relationships, like from what I can tell. Where it's um, like 50, 50 kind of. Yeah. Which is very rare, but like. If there is a relationship where it's like that, I believe, I believe Matt and Amber were also similar to that, mm. but I think that uh, Chris and Kale share a lot of those traits. So I do think that like, that until Kale fixes that shit, she's like, you can't be in a healthy relationship if you're not healthy. <laughs> I saw some kind of weird post where I, I obviously don't watch Chris Lopez's fucking Instagram Me lives. neither. Somebody but actually, I, I want to address that because somebody left a comment being like, hey, how come you never address like this, the mental health stuff Chris talks about on his Instagram lives? And I was like, to be honest, because I never watch them. <laughs> I don't follow him. I have no interest in him. No. Like, I, don't, I don't follow David. Like, yeah. I don't follow people that I just think are like complete trash but he did say like there was like a i don't know a video recording that someone uh, a clip of somebody being like well why do you keep having sex with kale mm -hmm. and he's like well actually to be honest it's just addictive and i was like Ew. that's sick that's but sick. i feel like kale watched that and felt like really happy are you kidding me she watched that and like they probably they fucked right night. after yeah definitely. like you want to come over yeah. like you that because that's love to kale Hi guys, I'm sorry I always forget to take an ad break when I'm recording with someone. So then I have to put these ad breaks in a really weird spot because there's like never a natural spot to put the ad break. So here it is. We'll be right back. Yeah. Because I think, well, I think part of the issue is that Kale 
her mom wasn't just emotionally absent. Like her mom was very physically absent in a lot right, of her she life. Raised and herself. yeah. And her dad was a hundred percent physically absent. So I think anybody that like gives Kayla attention, she like becomes addicted to that. And it doesn't really matter how they treat her positive or negative, as long as she's getting the attention from them. Yeah. And that, like, like I said, I just don't think she is going to be able to be happy in a relationship until she fixes herself because she's just, so let's say her and Chris finally do break up and she moves on to someone else. And let's say that person is great and amazing. Like Kayla will just abuse them because she's so toxic. Or she'll be so freaked out and uncomfortable in this new reality that she'll too. That's an yeah, absolutely. I mean, she talks about the chaos all the time, but she's really addicted to it. Kill has every trait of being a drug addict and alcoholic without actually being one, essentially. Which is is so fascinating to me because she really just that's the one thing she kind of didn't take on with Susie. Also, she's a good parent. Yeah, I agree. I do think like I said, I think it'd be crazy if we were like, none of this will affect Kale's children ever. Like Kale will, Kale's children will have no emotional baggage from this. Like, of course I will. But I think as far as like the day-to-day parenting stuff, Kale's quite good at it. I mean, just look at her. They're all yeah. just the sweetest. They're all well behaved. They're smart. They're happy. I think like, Isaac might be my favorite of all the kids. The I mean, he's at least in my top five. And you know, Kale's also, I think, Kale's very in touch with Isaac, like in the last couple episodes when they were talking about Isaac not wanting to go to Joe's and she's like, he will never say that to Joe because he doesn't want to hurt Joe's feelings. I'm like, that's good that she's aware of like how Isaac interacts with people. So yeah, I just think like I, watching her tell the Patrick, the producer, who kind of looks like Dan Levy, like a, like a- Ew, I don't agree with that at all. It's like that dark hair face look. I don't know. I not- like Patrick looks uh I don't I almost feel like Patrick looks more like Patrick from Schitt's Creek like Danny's husband maybe that's what you think but I like just hearing her totally unleash which you know in the moment felt really good and then she was crying after because it felt really bad oh and you you I can feel the headache she probably had after that 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 feeling when you like come down from that rage blackout is the worst oh Oh, god I didn't like when she said you're so you call me because your mom died fuck you that's the one part where I was like "Ooh, that might have been a bridge too far to say that that was really well and I like how she's like I know because I'm connected to my family because I think what she was saying is like you don't even talk to your own family so you don't know that like I know because if you talk to like your sister because I think what I think Kale's cousins and an aunt that she talks to is my understanding of it and I would imagine that's like what Kale's implying like you don't even talk to your own sister like did you even know that your mom died like that type of thing but yeah. Kayla also is always talking about how she doesn't have family at all. I know. but she, family, So I'm like, what is it then? So I think for Kale, it's like she has an aunt and cousins that are her family and she is like friendly with them and catches up with them occasionally, but they're not, she's not like, clo- like they're not close to her. They're not like who she'd call. Yeah. First 10 people she'd call if she had a crisis. Exactly. But like they're, you know what I mean? I don't think there's like drama there with them. I think they're just like not like, honestly, my cousins on my mom's side, I didn't grow up with them. They're all much older than me. Like they, for example, like all of my cousins on my mom's side call me Elizabeth because that's like how little they know me. Like, my, my, like a lot of my family call, still call me Mandy. 
exactly because it's like yeah but it's like nobody i would meet today yeah like i would introduce myself as liz but they like my cousin leslie my oldest cousin actually just sent me an email and was like hi elizabeth how is every like so weird together in like a year ago in dc and but like they just all call me elizabeth because we're not close but they're find people. And if something happened, I would like find out about it. Even if my, God forbid, my mom had passed, like somebody would call me and let me know. And like, I would, you know what I mean? And we'd like keep in touch like once a year maybe or whatever, but we wouldn't, but like, they're not, I like, if I think of my family, I think of like my cousins, I grew up with like my dad's side of the family, my aunts and uncles on my dad's side of the family, my mom's side of the family. It's like, well, they're like my family, but they're not really like my family. Yeah, there's like a disconnect and it's like, okay, like we love each other, but in that, I guess, blood way. Yeah. I guess that's where Kale is here. Kale's just obviously craving a mother and a father. It's so And uh, that's the saddest part. And that's why like, it's hard for me to judge her because I have a mother and a father. So mm-hmm. I don't even know what that, what this would be like. Well, that's why she needs to do the inner child work. Like she, her inner child is so sad. Like that little baby. She needs yeah. to like, she needs to nurture that little girl inside of her. And like I said, she's not, her mom is most likely never going to call her and be like, you're right. I was totally wrong. Cause in this conversation, Kale's like, you need to take accountability for everything that went wrong in our relationship. And Susie says, well, it's not all my fault, which is probably true, right? Like it's probably true that it's not all her fault because it's very rare that one person is a hundred percent responsible for all sure. bad behavior. But it's mostly her fault. But it's mostly the her parent. fault. Exactly. You're the and parent. That's, that's not the response that Kale wanted to hear, of course. But I, I also think that Kale needs to understand that like, that's the response that she's going to get. And so if that's going to upset her that much, like just don't answer the phone when she calls. Do you think Susie years. watches the show? Or do you I don't think, think so. She's just, yeah. I think that Susie is just drunk all the time. That's like what yeah. I, I think. And imagine so like drunk. you have a mom that you're on TV, you're on television and like your mom and you have not spoken in years and you are so disconnected that like your mom isn't even like checking on TV to like see how you're doing like that's see the five minutes five minutes of your life a week she like that's sad yeah like kale's like i don't even know if she knows i have another kid and like kale's Ugh. famous oh yeah like, she is like that's like you're famous and you don't even know if your deadbeat mom like has any idea about your life when she literally all she would have to do is google and find five thousand articles from the last month on you well kale if you're listening to this Kale, if you're listening to this, you should go to therapy for like intensive mental health therapy and let them help you. But we're, we're wishing the best for you. Oh God. And your new baby. She's also very pregnant in this episode. Oh my God. So pregnant. She just wearing like a flowy shirt and I'm like, yeah, girl. In the last episode when they were sitting down, she just had like a huge pillow in front of her. Oh, I know. Oh my God. That fucking, I I said this to Jody yesterday, but like that, um, psychic scene was one of the cringiest moments of Teen Mom so for me to watch have, like, today. A mom that you're like not close with? No, I mean that was terrible. But when she's like, "Okay, well, I just I get really red." I mean, I, as you can see, I'm really red, and I and Kale's like, "You look fine." <laughs> I also like when she was like, "Like, imagine you have this like totally abusive mom that like everybody knows is abusive from TV, and then the psychic brings her up, and so we're like, great, like she's gonna." 
she knows obviously she watched the show that's how she found out but the psychic is like just know that she loves you so much you're the only thing that keeps her moving she puts all this all this responsibility on kale like you're the only good thing she has in her life so you know buckle up like fuck you psychic like don't put that shit on me starts crying i listen I don't want a psychic who's going to start crying no. to be more emotional about my life than I am. Mm-mm. Jesus. All right, no. are we done with Kale? We're done with Kale. Can uh, I just, we, wait, can I just ask you something really quick? Yeah. I just want to make sure you were still recording because halfway through that, I switched mics to yeah. my Yeti. Okay, I'm so it's still recording. Working. Okay, so the sound might be... There might I mean, be a shift in sound. It doesn't sound in. like there's a shift in sound. So okay. everybody, if Amanda drops out and this is just me talking one way, then I guess <laughs> that's the episode that you're going to get. So that's what's happening. No, it says it's recording, but just my sound might get better or at least more clear. Great. Worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get worse. <laughs> well, I think that's open to opinion on people like me or don't like me all right who do you so want to do next should we go to the next mother-daughter pair that we want to talk about which is chelsea and aubrey okay yes definitely get them out of the way so chelsea and aubrey go to get frozen yogurt together no 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 aubrey gets frozen yogurt well that's where we're going <laughs> they go to the frozen yogurt store together Aubrey gets a frozen yogurt. Like you can have a frozen yogurt. If you get just a small one without toppings, you can have a frozen yogurt for 150 calories. Like you're fine. Like like you can, like, even if you are counting calories, like you can get frozen yogurt, like you can. And so they're sitting there, Chelsea's not eating and Aubrey like holds up the spoon for her. And there's not that much on the spoon. And she's like, just have it. And Chelsea goes, I promised myself I wouldn't cheat today. And then Aubrey's like, come on. So she leans forward. Did you notice? She takes one lick of it. Did All I of notice? It is still left on the I f- was enraged. I think she tasted more air than actual frozen water. <sighs> it's so, guys, don't tell your children that there's good food and bad food. Don't talk about cheat meals with your daughters. Don't talk don't- about you. Don't talk about how important it is to be skinny in front of your. 10, 11 year old daughter who's about to go through a whole bunch of body changes. How about don't do that? Especially when you're out for a fun uh, daughter mom. Yeah. If, if, if you, because I think it's crazy to be like, once you become a mom, you can no longer have disordered eating after we grow up with disordered eating, like shoved down our throats at every moment of every day. Well, being being a woman is really fun. Yeah. If that's your issue, like take her to the mall instead. (laughs) Like you don't. Totally, that's the thing. Just take her shopping. But you know that if Liz, if they went shopping, Chelsea would be like, oh, I like this, but I'm so fat. I wouldn't look good in it. Like it would still be the same thing over and over. I think it's all the time. Chelsea regularly will post like, the food she makes for her, the family, and then the food she eats. I know, and I like, saw that. The family will be like this, like heavy lasagna, like that looks great, but also and she's it's like eating not like that healthy. bacon with lettuce wrapped. Around exactly, it. she's eating a lettuce wrap, and it's like, well, how about instead you make like some chicken and veggies and like a side of carbs, and you can skip that side of carbs. But like for the most part, like it just is such weird it's such unhealthy behavior to model. It's like, how about instead of making food that is, that if you, for your children and husband, that if you eat that, you will get fat. You make like reasonable food for everybody and you eat a little bit of a smaller portion than it or modify it a little bit. But like, 
what mom, what are you sending to Aubrey when like they all sit down to eat and like you sit down with a completely different meal? Well, it's like, if you look at it from Aubrey's point of view, she's this girl with like still a little bit of baby fat. Yeah. On she's her. always People, had a little baby fat. That's why she's so funny. fucking cute. She's like, she, I guess she's in my top five too. I've always fucking loved Aubrey. Well, not when she was like a little kid, but that's because Chelsea had no discipline. <laughs> so anyway, but imagine just like looking at this, your mom is an, is Instagram famous. She's the mm-hmm. most insecure person in your mm-hmm. life. All, she, the, all your time, all your stepdad does is talk about how great she is all right? of the time. And how beautiful she is. Like yeah. the constant, um, what Chelsea needs to constantly be told is how thin she is first, yeah. then yeah. how beautiful she is. Uh, how, and I mean, listen, I've, I, I was an 11 year old girl, so I yeah. know what that must be fucking I never like. was. I actually went from <laughs> four to 18, but. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if you could just <laughs> skip the like Truly. puberty years? Uh, and she's just watching Chelsea just. She takes her out for ice cream and then refuses to even take a lick off of Aubrey's spoon. And Aubrey's eating this entire fucking thing. It's like it's- if you're if your disordered eating is that bad, and like I said, I think I I want parents, not just moms, parents to do better. But I also understand that we all have our own shit and you shouldn't have to wait until you're hundred percent perfect to have children. Like, I also think that's unreasonable. So just do a different activity, like just do a different activity or just like get a tiny bit and eat some of it. I just, it's so controlled. Like base, I'm not saying Chelsea has an eating disorder. I don't fucking know. All I know is that like the stuff that she posts on Instagram, the stuff we see on the show, the way we hear her talk about herself is upsetting in the context of the fact, I mean, in any context, but especially in the context of the fact that like she has such an impressionable daughter that's a tween. And that she's just, that they, her entire life seems to be focused. Or Like if Chelsea had eaten that piece of ice cream, she probably would have talked about it for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to get home and do the Peloton, Aubrey. Okay, yeah, like, I have like, to do the Peloton. Oh, I was so bad. I was so bad. I ate a piece of cookie dough. You know, they're always talking about how bad or good the food is. Like, you know, all the like, food in their house is bad or good. It should be about being thin. It should be about being healthy. Also, you, so, there's no, you shouldn't tell your kids that there's bad or good food. And I do this too. And this is why I'm saying, like, I understand that I am as much of this disordered eating culture is everybody else. Oh, we this all, is why I can speak so confidently is, yeah. on it because I know how fucked up I am with it. And like food is food. There's food that isn't like that healthy. So you just eat smaller portions of it and the healthier food you eat more of, but it's not bad or good. It's food. I saw this interview. Who's the chick that's like, that was considered the next Angelina Jolie that was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Megan Fox. Yes, Megan Fox. I saw an interview with her on The View. And I remember watching this and just being like, ooh. Like, cause she, they're like, so how do you stay so skinny, you know? And she's like, I, I just don't, they're like, do, what? so what's your indulgence? Like, do you love chocolate? She's like, like nothing. No. She, she literally says, I like, have honestly, zero, I have zero cheat days. I never take I a cheat day. I find that so refreshing. Kelly Ripa just did this, like, what I eat in a day thing that was truly <sighs> insane. And I was like, thank God. Thank God that she was honest, that she eats, like, 14 calories a day and exercises oh, so she for was two actually hours every honest. day. Because to be Kelly Ripa thin, which is probably 84 pounds, you don't eat. You don't eat. That's not a naturally thin body when you're a woman in your 50s. That is not natural. And when I read, people were like flipped out about it. And I was like, thank God she's being honest. 
That's an interesting take on it because when I watched the Megan Fox thing, I was like, that sucks. She's just, but I oh, guess well, that sucks. is true. It but sucks. she is, but oh. she is at least proving in order to look like me, you have to have a miserable fucking what, life. Go read a Gigi Hadid interview where she talks about how much she loves burgers and fries and it's like except I can't, with, Hadid, I can't with any of those i saw you on the real housewives of beverly hills when your mom told you to chew three almonds and would not let you eat any of your own birthday cake uh, like i know oh, i saw how your mom God. raised you on television so, and i know you've lost 20 pounds since then so please do not come in this ma- magazine interview and tell me that you're eating burgers and fries because i know you are not so in a way even though i don't think it's good or should be celebrated like I, at least i like at least i find it refreshing when someone like megan fox is like no i i don't indulge at all like that's how my body looks like this because at least it's the truth that's an interesting take on that. Now I kind of like that interview. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's very true. It's not good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say like, it's good, but I also think what's really, I think it's more fucked up in a way to tell. It's interesting. I'm actually recording a, a podcast episode for my Patreon this weekend about like pro Anna, twi- like Instagram or pro Anna, like internet and like the rise of that in the two thousands. I don't even know what that is. Like pro anorexia stuff and like oh, eating disorder, anorexia. like eating yes. disorder internet stuff and like how that got really big when the internet got big. Right. And there's like support groups for like people supporting each other ex- through their exactly. anorexia. Okay. Gotcha. Like that was huge on live journal. It's still very much a thing. It just looks a Ugh. little different on like Instagram. It went from like live journal to Tumblr. Now it's Instagram. It's really actually very interesting when you think about it. And this is at least so at least like I find when you're a kid and you are like watching someone who is real thin tell you that they eat like shit all day and this is what they look like I almost think that's like more harmful (laughs) than like learning yeah I don't know I don't know I don't I don't actually they're both so bad you know (laughs) like it's both well it just it makes you think there's something wrong with your body and there's something wrong and you are meant to be like disgusting exactly because you eat like that too and you don't look like that so what's wrong with me so obviously, like, God wanted me to be... Yeah, but it's also not like, good to be promoting eating disorders. But really, the only way we don't pro- promote eating disorders is if we uh, totally end patriarchy and we stop elevating thin women above all else. <laughs> like, like, we're not... We're not there, it has to be such a cultural shift that's, like, never going to happen. And I think the interesting thing about Chelsea is that, like, she's just so part of that you know what I mean like she just is so part of that and I would bet most people that watch this episode like don't pick up on that because it's so normal what she's doing oh I picked right up on also here's another thing that I was thinking like look I've I'm the biggest uh person who like I make fun of Cole and his stupid fucking voice all the time but in reality especially in these newer episodes I'm kind of noticing that like he it's starting to a get very, seem very just exhausted with Chelsea, and I'm starting to also like when it comes down to it, I think that if Chelsea gained fifty pounds, he would probably still love her the exact oh, same amount. Oh, he wouldn't care at all. He oh wouldn't my care. God, he wouldn't I think care he almost wants her to. He's probably like, "Can we eat like an actual meal together, please?" Oh my once? god! I like, and we, you're right, exactly right. We can make fun of Cole all fucking day long, but guess what? Sure, Cole loves the fuck out of Chelsea. That's the thing is, Cole like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want so them to much. not work out, and like, yeah. look. 
we have comedy podcasts. Like we're talking shit on yeah. your mom. It's not exactly. fun for us to be like, they're the best. Well, I say this all the time. Like Chelsea and Cole, actually I'm quite happy for them. Like I'm quite happy for Chelsea that she yeah. found they a guy a that loves functional her so much. And like her life seems very normal and fine. It's just not interesting. And I have a podcast where I snark on stuff. So we make yeah. fun of it. But like, you're exactly right. Chelsea could gain a hundred pounds and Cole would be like, you. I think Cole- He would gain would it with her, lying. I think. I think he I would think gain he it would, with her. And I think he would still be like, you are beautiful and not be lying. Like, I think that's I how believe much that she too. loves Chelsea. And so it's, that's when people are like, Chelsea's like, she got her happy ending and she's so happy now. But she's not like, happy. I don't Now she's she more stressed out all the time because she feels like she has to maintain this. She didn't perfect- fix- Chelsea got in a way incredibly lucky that her guy after Adam was Cole, right? Like somebody who is a good person at heart, who loves her deeply, who isn't using her for fame or money, who just like loves her and Aubrey and wants to be a family together and spend all their time together. She got incredibly lucky. So her life outwardly looks very good. But like when you break it down, like she didn't fix any of the shit that led her to Adam in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, or that Adam did to her or that Adam did. Yeah. I think it's twofold. I think led her to Adam and allowed her to be in a relationship where she was with somebody who treated her so badly. And then the result of being treated so badly. I mean, Adam told her, called her a fat stretch mark, bitch. I mean, he was, and that's like uh, probably one of the least, least worst. Yeah, that was, that's true. We also know that Adam went on to physically abuse other women. So like, God only knows what happened with him and Chelsea, I guess is what I'm saying. She's never claimed that. I'm not claiming that for her, but like, if it wasn't that, it was must have been close to that because we know he's a physical abuser. Right? She definitely punched a hole in every wall. Exactly, of every house some shit like in. that. So, like, I think that Chelsea just like was like, "Well, I'm better now. <laughs> I'm better now." Like yeah. all, of, I think she and probably most people in her life very much believe that all of the issues were with Adam, and so now that she's with Cole, those have all gone away, and we see that they're not with things like Chelsea getting such bad crippling anxiety. She doesn't leave her house for two years. Like, she just didn't leave her house Yeah. after Watson was born. Like, she just stopped going outside. Like, that's really bad. And when I heard her say she's on meds and in therapy, and, like, we see it this season. She's doing way more than she has for, like, the last three years. And I think that's great. And I hope in therapy and on meds she is going to be able to start addressing this stuff because it's so, it's so sad to watch someone that is beautiful, that does have an enviable body if we talk about cultural norms, Right that has a husband that loves her so much, that has a beautiful family. Her self-esteem is still in the gutter. She has such a successful career. She's probably making so much fucking money with that Lori Bells and the Itsy Ritzy and her Instagram ads. Like she's doing so well and her self-esteem, you can tell, is just still in the gutter. I honestly think that's the only thing that ever causes any kind of fights between her and Cole. I think think that's the thing they ever fight about is that he's like look i need you to stop fucking talking about how ugly you are how fat you are like like i think that's that's the only thing they fight about or like or just that like she's constantly putting so much pressure on cole to be perfect and we're going to talk about the snuggie the matching snuggies (laughs) but like stuff like that where like she's so obsessed with them being this perfect couple that i'm sure that cole is starting to lose his patience a little bit on this you have i mean any human would i think yes I am. I I do want, I do hope. And I, like I said, I think it's really good that she's in therapy and going on medicine because I would imagine a lot of her extremely low self-esteem is fueled by the anxiety, right? Like anxiety and low self-esteem just go hand in hand. 
because it's like when you start to feel good about yourself, your anxiety's like, hey, dumbass, like you think you look good, you're fucking disgusting. Like, or are you fe- you're feeling cute, but then somebody gives you a weird look at the grocery store. Yep, and, and you're like, like, oh, well, I'm fat and I'm ugly. I'm ugly so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would imagine they go hand in hand. So I really hope that she can start to make a lot of progress on that. And like I said, I do think in some ways she's making progress because every episode this season she's been out of her house doing stuff and away from the, the little kids. She's been leaving them yeah, alone a lot. True, true. Which that is, is true. good. And I just, oh, it was just so hard to watch this scene. It was so, I just, I want her to do better with this. And I, I do think part of the issue is that Chelsea's a dummy. And I think that she's not aware of like the new movement of, like the new woke momming is like not dieting in front of your kids and like not talking this way about food in front of your kids. And like Liz, if I could rewind and just have my parents never, I I, I just, I feel like my first memory was about dieting. Yeah. Like was about my parents talking about dieting. Yeah. It's all we talked. It was our whole life forever. And like my dad only likes me if I'm really, really thin. And every time, the few times I've been really, really thin, I did it very unhealthily. And he still, that's when he still, it didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter as long as I was thin. And like one time I had, uh, when I was like going through my, all my shit, I was getting like, you know, muscle aches. Like I was just so depressed. And my dad's like, I bet if you just go to the gym, you'll feel better. Like that, that would be his advice to me. And I was like, I have arthritis. I don't hate my body. Like this is not my issue. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, it has nothing to do with it. There's actual shit going on. And like, I would ask him like, Hey, I have, I have advice like on this. And he'd be like, honestly, I I mean, I always feel better when I go for a swim at five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, all right, thanks. That that helps. Everyone. My dad will sometimes do stuff like that. He's like, well, you know, you might be eating a lot of sugar. Like, <sighs> I know. It's, it's so awful. And they don't understand how crippling it is and how you remember everything. No, like- it's, it's so awful. The interesting thing is like last time I was with my mom and her sister, I was like, oh, this explains a lot. Like just oh, like watching them like- <laughs> Oh, definitely. Outthin each other. And like my mom. Oh, the competition between like the adults in our lives. And I will say to my mom's credit, she's gotten so much. Like my mom never comments on my weight. She never comments on my my body. She never, now that we're living together, I was actually a little nervous just because how she was when I was younger that she would like comment on when I'm eating, never comments on my food. Like my mom has tried so hard to do better than she did when I was a kid and like acknowledges like taking me to Weight Watchers when I was 13 was not a good idea. And like, like she, she totally like has made amends for that and not just made amends. Like she has changed her behavior in a way that like, I think is so commendable. And this is what I mean when people say Kale can't change. I'm like, but my mom did. You know what? I, like, like people That's can true. change. Exactly. You can completely change. My mom will post things, you know, on my birthday being like, my daughter is the most beautiful. I'm going to like cry. Cause she, cause she just never no. would have said that when I was yeah. like, a teenager. Just yeah, like, exactly. So like, I, like I, I so I want to say like, I feel almost bad, like talking about what it was like then with my mom, because she tries so fucking hard now, like not to be judgmental in any way, shape, and form. And not just not judgmental, but like every time, every day, she's like, you look so good today. Like, you look great. That's a cute out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. goes out of her way, not just to be judgmental, but to be like empowering and uplifting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like, it would be crazy if we pretended like the fact that I <laughs> abused like- Adderall for so many years. Part of that was because I like to be that thin because my mom is very oh, thin absolutely. and has her own eating shit that was put on me as a child. You know what I mean? Like it would be crazy. Like, even if it's great now, like 
it wasn't great for a long time. And it would be crazy if I pretended like being great now made up for the 18 years or whatever of disordered eating stuff. Oh yeah, like I can sort this is, and this is, look, I'm not going to predict that Aubrey's even going to remember this moment. Yeah, who knows? It's Maybe Aubrey's like, she doesn't even realize it. Well, like, yeah, she might, some I'll kids like, some kids don't get affected by that shit. But I feel like if I was Aubrey in that moment, I would have remembered that. Mm-hmm. I would have remembered. I mean, I, I, I do sure. remember that. Like, I do too. <laughs> I remember every moment. <laughs> like, like, I do remember like the similar moments. Yeah. So, and I'm not, and I'm, listen, I'm not calling Chelsea a bad mom at all. It's a flaw. And this is a flaw that no, all. No, because Chelsea's is, not a bad mom. Not she's at not. All. And she's it would be insane mom. if we sat here and said Chelsea was a bad mom because she's not a bad mom. But yeah. this is an area where her crippling self-esteem is affecting her yeah. children. And, and this it was is, just sad to watch. It just made me so like. Yeah. Ugh. It sucks. And I would, I hope that maybe one day, I mean, Lane is still pretty young. She's having another girl. I hope maybe in 10 years, because once again, Chelsea's still very young. Chelsea, I think is about like 10 years behind, um, cultural norms, <laughs> if you will. For, yeah. I know, I know, I know. So maybe in 10 years, Chelsea will like get the memo that we're not talking about food that way in front of our kids anymore. Like, <laughs> I kind of just like want them, her to, her and Cole both to just kind of become mildly doughy, but like still beautiful and like <laughs> sexy and healthy, but just, you know, kind of comfortable in their bodies and not trying to maintain these hard bodies or any kind of uh, well, acceptable. I know Princess always says she would like love when we talk about like how Chelsea could be more real. And like when we talk about the food stuff with Chelsea, I, Princess is always like, I wish that Chelsea would talk about like how much it sucked in the early seasons to be on TV and everybody calling you chubby and how that like really affected yeah. your self-esteem. And especially your boyfriend at the time was also calling you a fat bitch. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, you know, the chubby Chelsea would be pretty if she like lost the weight or Chelsea has a pretty face. Like I'm sure she got a ton of that, even though as we discussed on your podcast, we remember, or at least I remember Chelsea a lot fatter than she ever was. And then and we watched this it, in our episode and we were like, she looked great. Part of it is that she used to wear those insanely like XXXXXL like oh, sweatpants yeah. and sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so like, Rolled and down. she had, she had a chubby face. She had a baby face. And I really think that like, I would love to hear like what it's like to be 18 and famous and people are like seeing your picture in Us Weekly and they're like, she's fat. And like what that does for your self-esteem, it probably like, no wonder she's like this. And I wish she could get real about that on camera. I think I think there are a lot of ways that Chelsea could be more real and interesting that don't involve drama. I think that like teen mom audiences and I guess the teen mom cast feels like the only way to like produce interesting stuff is if it's drama. But Chelsea actually, especially now that the fourth wall is broken, like I would love to hear Chelsea like honestly talk about like her journey from being the chubby one to then becoming like the super thin pretty one to then like being embarrassed on t- by your boyfriend on TV repeatedly, then meeting this guy and like what it feels like for people to be obsessed with the two of you together and like what it's like to build an Instagram brand and like, but I'm expecting too much because she doesn't, <laughs> she, no. I don't think she has that depth. I think all of the girls know, and I think this is probably producer wise as well, but they know that they have these four lanes of topics mm-hmm. that they need to address. And that's what their seasons are. And that's so why Leah is so unrelated. Is they should let me come and produce yes. Teen Mom because yes. I have good ideas for ways to make 
it just sucks because I do think like, especially with the fourth wall broken, like I want to hear the meta conversation around being a teen mom. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about Adam. Which is why I kind of like Brianna the most in this, yes. in this season is that she's like, yeah, I got a fucking STD guys. The fucking I, Brianna, Brie, I think. <laughs> she's my favorite. I think Brie doesn't care enough to like make herself look good on camera but that's what i want in a way that i really want. appreciate like she she doesn't have the energy i don't think <laughs> no she's like yeah i i'm gonna let you watch them asking me all my std test questions and i'm gonna answer them in real yeah. time and you can watch it so the other part of chelsea's episode is that aubrey wants a phone um right. which is totally reasonable she's 10 years old as chelsea's friend points out like when we were kids, we were on the phone all the time. We just called landline to landline. Yeah, and that is very this, true. This is how kids talk to each other on phones. I think 10 years old is, I, I don't know, I'm not a parent, but it doesn't seem an unreasonable time for me to get a parent-monitored smartphone. Parent, But I, if I was a parent, I would want to see every goddamn thing. Myself. Yeah, and I think what the friend was saying, like you get, you can set up the settings, so she has to approve every single app download. Um, I just, or like you maybe get her some like, Maybe get her an iPad, you know what I mean? Where, so it only works on Wi-Fi, but she can still like FaceTime with her friends and text and- So that I, like whenever you're in the house with them, they can be using it. Yeah. Like I, I think that at 10, like with the way society is now, I think it's pretty reasonable to get your kid. Oh, phone, I mean especially, like, there, there are like toddlers who know how to swipe on a Exactly. And Chel I mean, Aubrey goes to her grandmother's house once a month. Like she has a dad that she- her mom doesn't even have the phone number for. Like, I do think that Aubrey has even kind of a more reason to have a cell phone because she is in this, like, I think kids of split households have almost even more of a reason yeah. because they should be able to keep in touch with either side when they're not there. Like, on their own terms. Yeah. And so, and apparently that is what's happening. Um, somebody told me she did an interview and mentioned that. But I, yeah, I, I got it. I did think it was very weird. So the other big part of this is that Aubrey wants Adam to come to the father-daughter dance, which I was really proud of Aubrey for saying. I think it's very hard for her to say it. And I think I want to give Chelsea credit because she's like halfway there in that she says to Cole, like, I don't want Aubrey to feel bad that she wants her dad there, but I'm not sure that Chelsea then knows how to execute that. Uh, yeah, no, I said this yesterday with Jody, and I was like, I think this is a fucking terrible idea. And um, Jody just said, like, basically, Chelsea should just be like, look, this is probably not gonna, like, you probably shouldn't all go together, but hey, I'll I'll reach out to Adam, but obviously she's not going to. And be like, can saying... we split the dance? Like, maybe you'll be there for the first half, you'll be there for the second half. If they're all there together in the same room, Aubrey's gonna feel so fucking awkward. I think Chelsea being like, well, you know, I don't have his phone number was weird. Well, of course she has his fucking phone number. But even if she doesn't, you have Grandma Donna's phone number. Call Donna. Yeah. But we know, we know. She, God forbid Chelsea have a conversation no, with no, Donna. No, God no. forbid. No, she's terrified. I'm not saying that Chelsea should need to talk to Adam because I do believe Adam was her abusive ex-boyfriend and like that. I Like, I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong that Chelsea doesn't have his number because she doesn't co-parent with him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, she just doesn't. But I think that's like a weird 
it's weird to like confirm that to Aubrey. Like, well, I don't have your dad's number. She could have said it in a different way. Like, oh, well, I'll text Donna and make, I'll text yeah. Grandma Donna and make sure that he has the info. And I thought it was nice where she was like, I'll look up the date and you can tell your dad or I'll even write it down for you. I actually thought Chelsea did, as far as Adam and Aubrey and Cole in this episode, she did a pretty good job. She, yeah, she did as good as I, Chelsea can do with it. I think that this is like totally uncharted territory for her and she doesn't know. And I know that what Chelsea wants to say is, no, your dad's not allowed to come and actually your dad's dead and Cole's your dad now. <laughs> yes, so yes. the fact that she like is being like really encouraging of it, I'll give Chelsea credit there. Like, I think that was very hard for her and she did a pretty good job. Do you think that there's, I didn't like later when Cole's like, I didn't like it. I'm not going to talk to him. And I, I'm I, actually, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to cut in if I uh, want okay. to. I'm I, like, no. So when they're both the sitting in their matching Snuggies, um, yes, the most or the cozies, remember <laughs> Snuggies, Slankets? Of course I do. I looked up cozies. Or what I have are these one. These I are have one. It's a cozy. Um, these are the, comfies. These are comfies. comfy, right? The only thing I got one, but I like to watch TV like laying in my bed, so it's like too hot. But if I sat on my couch yeah. a lot, I would really like it. But the thing with, so they're sitting there, and Chelsea like brings it up, and she's like, Aubrey's worried about who she'll talk to, and Cole's like, me, she'll talk to me, and Chelsea's like, stop. But I think Cole's kind of being serious there. And then Chelsea's like, it's going to be so awkward. Like, what are you going to do? And he's like- Are you, are you going to be nice to him? Yeah. And she he goes, asks, fuck no, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm like, that's weirder. That's way weirder because this should be about Aubrey. And Aubrey, Aubrey's probably in her room right now, like stressing out about this. Like, oh, this You don't need mistake. to be his friend. Hey, Adam, how are you? Hey. Like, I'll take this dance. You take the next one. Yeah. Just yeah. civil. Like, adults, adults. Exactly. I, yeah. I'll, honestly- I kind of wish, I'm not so sure that Aubrey wants Cole there. Um, not that she I does that not too. want Cole there. I think like she wants Cole to be there because she loves Cole and Cole is her dad, right? But I think what Aubrey really wants, I kind of wish Chelsea, instead of being like, well, you want Cole to be there too, right? I wish Chelsea had been like, hey, you know, if you just want it to be your dad, like that's totally fine. And Cole will not be upset at all. Maybe like right. the next night you and Cole can just like go out to dinner, the two of yes. you and see a movie. And like, but how about like, we see if your dad can come and then like, and that could be your just special the night. two of you. So I do think one, the reason that Chelsea won't do that is because she's too scared that Adam isn't going to show up. And if Adam okay. doesn't show up, then nobody is there to take her. And so I do think, if I was Chelsea, I would be scared of that. What are you like? Because Adam has done that type of shit in the past. Of course. Oh, so yes, I of course. do totally get like the idea of not wanting to set Aubrey up for failure. I think Chelsea does worry about that a lot with when it comes to Adam. Like, am I setting my kid up to be disappointed right now? Like allowing her to have hope this way. But, and I can imagine as a parent, that's like, a debilitating sadness like yeah. when you know you're setting your child up to be disappointed by somebody they love most in the world like that must be so fucking hard but I really do wish like if in a perfect world like Chelsea could maybe let go of that a little bit and be like and not ask I think the issue is they're always asking Aubrey what she wants but I don't think Aubrey necessarily feels that she can tell them what she wants. Oh no. She knows that she would crush Chelsea. So I was Chelsea would introduce it as like, Hey, why don't you just have it be your dad this year? Like, and then how about we like the next night you, like I said, you and Cole do this, like basically like 
tell Aubrey, like, this can be what happens in a way that's not like, well, do you want this to happen? And then like, in a we're all totally fine with it way. I think Aubrey would really appreciate that. But at the same, and maybe she would say no, you know what I mean? Maybe she'd be like, no, I want Cole to be there. I love Cole. But I do kind of think that it's like, they can say all they want that they don't want Aubrey to feel bad about asking for Adam. But I, I think that they know. And I think that's why Chelsea keeps saying this is because she knows that Aubrey does. And she's kind of not, she has just created the situation because Adam is so responsible for this situation. Oh like, my God, this is course. actually all Adam's fault. And Chelsea has just done kind of the best she can to navigate it, which isn't the best way to navigate it, but the best she can. Yes. And I do wish like, you know, remember when Aubrey was asking to go to therapy? Like, did they ever do that? Like, I would love, I wonder if Chelsea is talking to her therapist about like, or Chelsea and Aubrey could do a therapy session where Aubrey in a safe place can talk about the father-daughter dance. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think Aubrey feels that empowered to talk about Adam. And I don't think that's necessarily Chelsea's fault because I think it's Adam's fault. But I hope that as the years go on, Chelsea can find a better way to deal with that. Yeah. And just be a little bit more confident in the fact that Aubrey loves them. Like she loves, loves them. She, she loves them. She, she like, loves and she loves, she loves, and she loves, but she also loves Chelsea and Cole. It doesn't make, yes. With Adam doesn't mean that she's rejecting Cole. Totally. And that's how Chelsea sees it. Totally. And I will say though, like all things, I feel like I've been very generous to Chelsea in this episode. Me too. Like, this is I the most like, generous I've ever been. I feel like being quite <laughs> generous to Chelsea right now. Um, even though we've criticized her quite a bit, I do think that like- We're giving her credit. I, like I said, if, if I ever get on this podcast and I'm like, Chelsea's a bad mom and her marriage is terrible, like then I'm not authentically doing this podcast. I'm just hating. Right. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, like I'm yeah. just hating- and we could have ripped this whole episode apart and everything she did in this episode, but realistically, like, really, she is, was pretty, she was pretty annoying during the whole episode. With he her was, but, clothes but and all that shit. it's a complicated situation. <laughs> yeah. And like, I can appreciate that. It's probably very complicated for Chelsea. And I do think she's trying and I want to yes. give her credit when she tries. Sure. I mean, but I'm just, uh, the fact that the daddy daughter dance again, how many fucking, fucking daddy daughter dances oh! can there be? <laughs> like, I also just, like, when do they oh. stop? I feel like 10 is, this is a reflection of me not having a close relationship with my dad, but I'm like, this is a little gross. Like uh, most people <laughs> I've talked to have like never heard of a daddy daughter dance. I'm like, so first of all, I'm like a little grossed out by it. And I understand that's like, because as the type of relationship I have with my father. And like, I get that. I was just talking with somebody recently where I was like, when I see a dad and daughter that's close, I'm like, gross. Ew. Like, that's like not weird. right. It's like creepy. Like, exactly. <laughs> Which is so fucked up. Like, yeah. I should not think that that's way. Our own, that's our own stigmas. But I, she's in fifth grade this year, I think. Like, they have to end in fifth grade, right? Are like, they having I, daddy daughter dances at like age 16? I think once you hit sixth grade, then they become purity balls and it's weird. <laughs> Like, I can't. I just I also I'm just as a viewer, I'm like, why? <laughs> like this, when they teased it last episode at the end of last episode, I, I was screamed. like, no. I, was like I think a daddy daughter dance is cute in preschool and kindergarten, and then beyond yeah. that. And also, not everybody has a dad, and they can say it's father figure, but not even everybody has a male fi figure yeah. in their life, and it's just so heteronormative and like two-parent family normative and I just why don't you just have a family dance yeah like how would you navigate that if you had like a like 
two moms. Like, I would think the more they, like butch one go to the daddy? No, I think dance? what like, they do because I know that they like. I think a lot of schools still do this like pretty gendered heteronormative mommy and daddy shit. And so I think the idea is that like your grandfather or your uncle or whoever is like the male figure in your life goes. But I also think that's not fair because not every kid. What if what if it's does Kale? What if it's Kalen? Who did Kalen take to the daddy? Yeah, for Chris and Creed, like I don't know, or for Creed and Lux, like I don't know who their like male figure is in that case. Yeah, I I just think it's like weird. I think all of those things should be gender neutral and like family. Like yeah. a family dance every the year dance, in elementary yeah, school dance. is cute. That like that's cute and fine and fun. Or family night. It doesn't even have to be a dance. Like so I'm one I'm hoping that they end in sixth grade because I'm sorry it is creepy after a while. She's getting a bit old. She's like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. All right, okay, let's talk about cool. Leah, even though okay. literally nothing happened in this episode. Well, did you know that she's sponsoring uh, Royer? Because I don't know <laughs> if she mentioned it. <laughs> she's sponsoring Royer. By the way, thank you to everyone who gave me um, information about sponsoring. The reason that uh, Victoria probably isn't doing it is because you have to make over like $30,000 a year to do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sponsored. I'm currently still sponsored by oh, my husband. Right. By I my always forget, mom. you're an immigrant. I am an immigrant. I am current. I am until next year. I am currently still, if something happened to my financials, my you get citizenship next year or permanent uh, no, residency? No, I'd, I'd have to like pay. No, I just, I'm, I am a permanent resident, but I had the two year visa. And then, uh-huh. uh, then you basically sign a check mark saying we're still married and then give the government $3,000. And then I, now I'm on a 10 year visa. And then next year when I pay them another, I don't know, fucking five grand, I can now just become a permanent, 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 Great. or I can become a citizen for another, I don't know, astronomical amount of money. And then yeah, all I can do, test. yeah. And then I can just vote. Yeah. Which I might actually, I'm considering. Honestly, I know. It's like, <laughs> well, considering you work, honestly. <laughs> that's the thing is I'm like, well, I'm going to vote. Maybe if you move to a swing state, you'll feel motivated. Yes, yes. Okay, then then I then I Local promise. elections are important. I'm not saying yes, that. Absolutely. But it's a lot but, of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, but until next year, if something did happen to me, my ex-husband's mom would have to like... <laughs> Like, pay for me. I mean, not even your ex-husband, his mom. No, no, no. Well, because we got married when we were like 24 in college. Yeah. His mom had to do it. It was oh. like, you know, so that's why, that's why Victoria can't do it. Oh, so it's the twins' birthday. Me no care. They all go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. There is a cute scene where they talk, they talk about their favorite things about the girls. And Addie says her favorite thing about Allie is that Allie's like, isn't, her life isn't, I don't know exactly how she boarded it, but basically her disability. Said, like, her, it doesn't define her. Yeah, yeah. It was cute. That was sweet and thoughtful. You don't and think actually, that was scripted by Leah? Um, I think they rehearsed I, that every night for a, a year. So I think even if they did rehearse that, I think that's good that they're rehearsing that. That she's like teaching Addie that. <laughs> okay, I guess. it was. I was just like, okay. Because the thing she said about Gracie was yeah. about like, she talked to her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, also, the one thing that I wanted to mention in this episode that I thought was weird was when Leah asked the girls if they were proud that she was their mom. I was like, what? When does she say that? At the <laughs> end, when they're talking about, like, she's like, well, the mistakes that I made, because she does tell her friend, as we talked about on your episode, that she had sex with her first time when she was 13, and the yeah. girls are 10 now, and her friend is like, what? And she's like, no, I don't think they're going to have sex, but, like, I didn't know anything, which if you read Leah's book, like, she didn't know anything about sex, which is why she thought she was pregnant when she was 13, because she knew she had sex and knew you could get pregnant from sex, and that's all right. that she knew. And 
So she's like, I just want them to know. I think that's great. I think that's important. Um, but when she's like, I want you girls to learn from my mistakes. And Grace is like, you made big mistakes. And she's like, getting pregnant at 17 wasn't a mistake. It was a challenge. It's like, okay, it was a mistake. That's fine. Um, yes, it was and a then, it was an accident. It was an accident then, of anything And else. then she goes, she's like, are you proud that I'm your mama? I'm like, why would you ask your kids that? Like, no, they're not proud. 10 year olds aren't proud of anybody. Like they don't have that reasoning yet. Like their brains aren't capable of that. Earlier in the episode, Leah's FaceTiming with some rando and she's like, yeah, I just want to tell my girls is like, I, I, I know that like, they don't want to be like their mom, but I, I, I want, I want them to, I want to understand like the reasons why they don't want to be like me. And I'm like, Leah, that list is long. <laughs> long. You're setting yourself up for this. I just think it's very bizarre to ask children if they're proud of you because it's like that's not their job to be proud of you well if she she graduated from college or something but she just being their mom i'm not proud of my mom for being even that at 10 i'm not sure if i would have been like proud of my mom to grow i'm not sure 10 year olds have the capacity of being proud of adults yeah true that i I can see also this is their birthday so yeah well then dawn goes how about are you proud to be their mama like even dawn was like what are you asking them even dawn you could dawn like immediately like switch the conversation i was like oh that's bad when dawn is like girl what are you saying when dawn is the adult in the room (laughs) okay should we talk about brie now that that's it about leah did anything no there's nothing else to say about leah no nothing Okay. Nothing. I don't want to talk about her anymore. There was no. There was no talk about like the immigration stuff. No. It was just about the per- birthday, huh? Yeah. That's literally it. I, mean, I, I this. I, I wanted to bring this up. I think it's interesting that um, she uh, acts all the time like they have a perfect co-parenting relationship, but like they they don't have still, birthdays together. They still mm-hmm. cannot be even in the same fucking room mm-hmm. together. I noticed. I had the same thought. I was like, they still do separate birthdays. Yeah, but then Leah's Miranda's like, this like, is what works for us. I don't want you around you at my birthday party. <laughs> yeah, you fucked my husband in the back of his flatbed. So <sighs> I think that's I just, fair. Leah asking, acting still to this day, like she has no clue why oh, Miranda does it. It's like, because you fucked her husband. <laughs> because you've cheated on every boyfriend you've had, husband you've had, and then also fucked them after they were with other people. Oh, God. Okay, Brie. Brie, yes. She's still at Nova's gymnastics meet, and her and Lewis are talking, and she's like, <laughs> I want this to be more regular. This was our first sleepover as a family. I'm like, so what are you what are you saying? Brie's like, Well, I don't want this to be serious, but wasn't it fun to have a sleepover as a family? <laughs> Meaning we fucked and Nova or Stella Nova was in the Stella same room. was like probably like sleeping like facing them no Nova was probably in the room with Roxanne Stella was in that room yes yeah, so Stella's like on the other bed yeah. I just uh-huh. I can't she called it a sleepover and also like as it's a family setting. it's like so are you that's like you don't your your friends with benefits is not your family you know <laughs> like yeah and like if chelsea and adam like took aubrey out for coffee that's not a family yeah. that's not a family outing <laughs> jesus christ really? also lewis lewis doesn't talk he just goes yeah uh-huh. well, yeah well yeah, yeah. Uh, i agree no definitely definitely i wonder no. what it's like if he's like that all i would imagine he must be like that off camera too but also, like, they're both so shy and don't really talk a lot. So, like, 
<laughs> they must just sit in silence when they're together. Yeah, like they're <laughs> like the thought of it gives me anxiety. Like ima- imagining going on a date with Lewis gives me major anxiety because I feel like I would have to talk the whole time. Yeah, and I would feel oh, so uncomfortable, oh and he wouldn't respond Nightmare. immediately, and there would Nightmare. just be these like moments of silence. So they're home from the tournament and she's like, Lewis has checked in a few times, but not about Stella, which is annoying. And it's like, great. She's three years old now. Stop. You know that Lewis does not give a fuck about parenting her. So why are you pretending that you're surprised by this? He said in the last episode, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking care of her or something like that. Just like, thanks for handling all that. He's completely checked out of this entire thing. He doesn't give a fuck. And why do you think like, he went to the gymnastics meet for the money fuck? and for the money? Yeah, money? yeah, I think you're right. Um, I and did. Yeah, somebody on my Instagram was like, "You last season said that Lewis was only around for money, so why aren't you saying that this season?" I was like, "Okay, fair point," because you're right. Um, but also, I do think that it's twofold. I think Lewis comes around when he wants to get paid, but I also think he comes around when he wants to fuck. Yeah, and I think he probably realizes that he was dragged the past couple seasons, so he's probably trying to do this mild, like, redemption like, storyline. is the most he can do, which is... Yeah. I, and, but I think that in the moment, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking... New. I'm winning America's heart right now. It's so... She, I Like, my patience are Brie when she's like, I don't know why Lewis just isn't around. It's like, because he's never been around. Like... And meanwhile, Roxanne, this whole past three episodes was Roxanne like, is wild. Brianna, you can't, you, you can't lead him on. Okay. Cause he's going to catch feelings and then, and then you're going to break his heart and then he's going to leave. And I'm like, he doesn't give a <laughs> fuck about <laughs> any of you. <laughs> fuck. So Brie, the big drama of this episode is that Brie gets her SCD test back oh, and she has the class. Sucks. Do you think that was a genuine phone call in the moment? Um, maybe not. Maybe that was a reproduction, but I do think she got it she's like okay um she calls her mom and her mom gasps and she's like and everybody's like lewis is disgusting like fuck lewis i'm like you fucked him without a condom multiple times like you are just as much as like she's like i can't believe lewis gave me this but it's possible lewis didn't give it to her john could have given it to her and she's could have had it for a while without symptoms because i don't i i first of all i only think she got the std test for the mtv cameras i don't think she would have gotten yeah because she was admitting she had sex without a condom and so i'm like well do you want to go to planned parenthood it will make you look better totally uh but also i don't know this might be controversial but am i the only one that doesn't think this is like that big a deal? it's not a I'm big like, deal it goes away it's with clap. medication you take yeah. no, you it's, take like the, it's like a uti that's like it, how kind of i can really, relate to it's the clap is like the least big deal of all time it's such as not a like, big deal you are so fine no no it's I, not permanent I, I totally agree with you but them acting like it's impossible that lewis i mean i guess maybe brie I don't believe Brie got tested post John and before Lewis. Exactly. And That's you can exactly. walk around with chlamydia for quite a while being asymptomatic. Especially men, because men don't really show symptoms. They just uh, Well, and I think women it. too can walk around asymptomatic. Yeah. So it's possible Brie's had, had it for a while, didn't know, maybe she gave it to Lewis. Absolutely. Like to me, it's kind of like HPV. Oh, except HPV is more, is actually worse because it, it's, yeah, it, it stays cause in cancer. Yeah, it cancer. Yeah. Chlamydia is just like, okay, well, it's a little infection. Give you some meds and go home. Nothing, especially if she wasn't having any symptoms. Please, 
Yeah, you're fine. I mean, it she, sucks to get an STD. Oh, of yeah, course, it sucks, it sucks to get it. It's like embarrassing. Yeah. But like them walking around and being like, Lewis's dirty dick. And it's like, okay, but like okay, you well, fucked him without a condom. Yeah. So why are you acting like you are any? She's like, I can't. Roxanne's like, I cannot believe he would do this to you. And it's like, he didn't do anything yeah. to her. He didn't like shoot mean? chlamydia at her on purpose. <laughs> like, they, like he did exactly the same thing that Brie did, which is yes. fucked without a condom. Oh, and we forgot to say. <laughs> when they were at the gymnastics meet talking, Brie goes, you know, we're just gonna have to communicate more if we're gonna have unprotected sex. Oh, yeah. Communication's the most important. <laughs> I care about my health and stuff. And like, I don't want something to happen to me. So like, if you're gonna sleep with someone else, if I'm gonna sleep with someone else, I'm like, just use a condom. Like, just use a condom. Literally all you have to do. I mean, easier said than done, though, Liz. Sure. I'm in the dating I mean, look, world right now. I'm not I, great at it either. Am I perfect? <laughs> no. But it just is so funny that they're, like, walking around. Like, one, that she's, like, walking around being, like, well, if we're going to have sex without condoms, and like, we really need to communicate. Like, that somehow will, like, make them not get STDs. Like, so I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall if Lewis calls Brianna and goes, okay, well, you know, uh, I just fucked another girl. So we got to use condoms. So we got to yeah. use condoms. Like, I would love to see Brie, Brie being like, be like, okay, well, thank you for being so honest. Like, Brie would no. be like, don't call me again. She yeah, would tell no. Roxanne. She would tell, she would, she yeah, would like, she'd have it on speaker <laughs> for them to listen. Hey, Stella Nova, guess what? Like, she would totally would not go yeah. well. So she's just like, and when they're just like ranting about how disgusting Lewis is, how awful he is. And I'm like, what did he do? He's single and he has sex with people. And then Brie and him fucked and she didn't want to use a condom either. So they didn't. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Unless you know? if he didn't know he had it, then who gives a fuck? You're the one that fucked him without a condom. You don't get to have sex without a condom and then be... Unless you're in a monogamous relationship, that's totally different. But if you are having condomless <laughs> sex with somebody that you are not in a monogamous relationship with, you don't get to be mad at them when they give you an STI. Also, um, I gotta say, uh, I'm gonna come right out and say it. I have HPV, and every guy that I have sex with, I'm not like, mm, just so you know, I have well, HPV. Like, because everybody has HPV. Well, that that, but also, I don't know if I had chlamydia. If I had chlamydia, yeah. and I was well, in some I think crazy, if I, had chlamydia, I would just not have sex like i would take the antibiotics okay i will sex. say that i wouldn't have sex but just say i met like fucking brad pitt on the street that's an interesting uh, 90s reference but okay but brad pitt uh and uh you know we had some crazy love affair i don't know if i'd stop it to be like just so you know I if you weren't using condoms amanda you have you would have to tell him <laughs> I probably After wouldn't. Fact, at least. Well, well that's I'm, fucked up, Amanda. Like, <laughs> I am I going say. to say that you're in the wrong for that. Like, no, that's fucked I up. I agree. I've never said I'm a good person or I'm good Right, but wait, I get what you're saying. Like, it's just not that big of a deal, especially yeah. because, like, they were, it was so consensual, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if, like, obviously, if, like, Lewis took advantage of her some way or he was, like, I've been celibate for years. Like, if there was a lying factor going on here, I think that would be fucked up. But as far as I can tell, Brie and Lewis just decided to fuck without a condom and that this is sometimes a consequence of and doing they that. happened to both have chlamydia. Yeah. And, and it might, if anything, she could have given him the chlamydia. Exactly. From, from Wait, John. when Brie gets back from or the, from Devoin. Let me tell you, when Brie gets back from not from John. She hasn't had sex with Devon since they were kids, I'm pretty well, sure. But she, I'm saying she could have had chlamydia. Oh, yeah, for that long. And just been asymptomatic. Yeah, if she's exactly. ever gotten a test. 
Um, so she gets back from the, the pharmacy and she says to Brittany, I just picked up my prescription for chlamydia. Like the way, instead of my prescription to treat the chlamydia, she's like my prescription for chlamydia. Like, like she's dosing herself with chlamydia. Yeah. It sounds like she's giving herself chlamydia. And I, I love, like, did I, she just say that? Like, it just sounded so funny. I love when Brittany's like, are you pregnant? Yeah. Like, Cause she's like, what's wrong? And Brittany's like, so wear a fucking condom. And Bree's like, I know, I don't want the lecture. And Brittany's like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, Brittany does say, Brie, like a thousand people, like every second are getting, you know, STDs. Brittany is, is like basically deal. on our page. She does yeah. call Lewis dirty and says he has a dirty dick. But beyond which is, that, which might be true, but yeah. unrelated to the chlamydia. <laughs> but yeah, but she's not like breed and do anything wrong. How dare he do that to you? She's like, Brie, you're an idiot. Like, wear a condom. Yeah. And I also just want to make it clear that I don't have chlamydia in case anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like, that was me making up a situation earlier. <laughs> I don't have chlamydia. <laughs> Um, I love at the end, Bree's like, well, I just don't know if I'm going to talk to him ever again. Like, this is only going to hurt Stella. I'm like, girl, what? Like, Stella doesn't know who he is whenever he, he goes on FaceTime you need to like, you don't need to stop sleeping with him just because of this. Like, you guys could still sleep together again. Just use condoms. Maybe not. Maybe not with Stella in the room, though. Maybe not with Stella in the room. And if you're not interested in doing it, just be like, hey, I caught the clap from you, so I don't think we should have sex again, but I would still really like you to see Stella. And if the, if you think that Lewis only comes around to fuck you, stop letting him come around. It's not going to help Stella. But the thing, the underlying thing here is that Brianna obviously has feelings for Lewis and she yeah, wants this to work absolutely. out. She will not admit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about Jade, who had. Yeah. Who? Jade. Jade, 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 Jade. Uh, I think Cara Chris, Barra, Christy might be m- m- one of the most deplorable people who's ever been truly. on the show. Cara Berry specifically wanted me to mention that Jade cut Chloe's hair like a little Amish boy. <laughs> So many people, they didn't say that. That's funny. But everyone was commenting like, don't give your kid bangs. <laughs> she, it, it was, was like bangs. total helmet haircut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they go out to dinner. She's like finishing up school and she's talking with her mom. And basically they're just talking about how happy they are that she's graduating. I'm happy for her. It's funny. Maria, my friend, like a, two years ago was on here when Team Mom Young and Pregnant had their first season. And she was like, Jade should go to hair school. Now she's catching up. And she's like, I can't believe Jade went to hair school. I knew she should do that. And I was like, it's all thanks to you, Maria. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, but she's finishing up beauty school. As we know, she already passed her license. So she just has to like finish her hours. And I do want to say I really love Jade's hair brown. Like in this dinner yeah. scene, I was looking at it, I was like, Jade looks really pretty here. Like I think the brown is really nice on her. But Everyone's going brown this this year. It's like Leah, Kale, and Jade all went. Yeah, younger. I like it the most on Jade. I like I, it. Leah. I'm I don't like it on Leah too. It's a little too mousy. Although I do like the brown eyebrows that she's doing. If you notice, she like she's- has darker eyebrows, which I kind of like. Kale, I'm. I think she, I like her I like, I like Kale when she has like that. I think Kale usually gets a very pretty blonde color, and I like when she has like the balayage or whatever it's called. Yeah, like the, I think that's Leah when she and looks Kale best. both I think need like an ombre look or something, yes. like some kind of um, yes. multi-dimensional. Agreed. But Jade look. Jade looks really beautiful. Jade, Jade is re- beautiful. Yeah, she is. Um, so she's like, okay, mom, 
I'm graduating tomorrow. My graduation's at noon. I need you to bring Chloe at 11. I knew something was going to happen because they kept mentioning the time. Like, because they don't usually (laughs) leave shit like that in. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I don't care what time of day you're graduating. Like, that's not significant to the storyline. So this is a reality TV watching tip. If they're continuously mentioning a time or showing you time or or showing you the clock, Mm When like that episode, don't that episode we did with Yumi and Troy where oh, yeah. Leo was getting the girls up and there was like blue marker on the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they just showed the clock over and over yeah. again. Like they really only talk about times because they're not, time isn't relevant when you're no, watching no, reality TV. Times are dates. So it's graduation day and she, she actually, I remember this, she like posted on her Instagram and like invited everyone to come to her graduation oh really I was like you can't do this like you're famous but she's talking to Sean and she's like well you're gonna be there and my friends and I invited some clients and my family and she's like make sure my mom gets Chloe here by 11 and at this point I'm confused because I'm like well I figured that Chrissy was gonna bring Chloe because she like Sean maybe had to work and so I was like okay I was like if Sean I don't know if he works or not but because my thought would be... Well, he works at the restaurant. Don't they all work oh, at the restaurant? Oh, you're right, right. Yeah. yeah, he does. My thought would be, wouldn't you have Sean bring her? Like, I couldn't understand why this is something that drives me nuts about Jade. And what I will say and give Kale credit for is that Kale knows her mom is in shit, so she doesn't expect oh shit from God. her mom and doesn't yes, talk to yes, her mom. Yes, Jade continuously sets herself up for failure by asking her mom to her mom to do things that Jade knows she is incapable of doing. She, but just not even that, but also just the fact that she leaves Chloe alone with her yeah, mom that and is, lets her drive with her. That I mean, yes, absolutely, very, 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 very outrageous. True. But I think the storyline they were trying to kind of work around here was that jade at one point says okay well uh sean sean is his name right yeah okay uh she goes sean like i want you to put her hair in something cute and he goes i don't know how to do that i'll just get your mom to do it i feel like that's the story like that's the explanation they were trying to go with is that the reason was because the mom was going to do chloe's hair so she would therefore sure that probably you're probably right it's just like Jade, every episode, it's like, you're mad at your mom because you're allowing her to do things to you that you should not be allowing. Yeah. Like, don't put your mom in charge of the most important part of your day. Like, that's your fault, honestly. Like, you're, you know, the Maya Angelou quote, like, when people show you who you are, believe they are, believe them. Like, stop relying on Christy to do anything. She cannot do anything. She's the least reliable person that you know. So why do you continuously give her tasks related to your child? But also this, I mean, that all said, this was so, like, I cried during this because I felt so bad for this Jade. Was, like, this a, there was like a sucked. dark element. It was element. hard to watch. This was, so everybody starts to get there. Her grandma's there. She's like, I'm walking with Chloe. I'm walking with Chloe. Because I guess the way they do it is like you walk, I mean, I don't guess, like I saw it on TV. Yeah. The way that they do it is that, because it's not, we saw this with um, Chelsea too, I remember. You yeah. don't like it's not a graduation ceremony. You just have to finish your hours. Yeah, you finish so when you hours. know your hours are finishing, you have like your last clock out and walk and they like do a little speech. It's nice. You know what I mean? Like it's not not because not everybody graduates at the same time. So it's your celebration when you have your hours. Which is so great. And like she's been work this is like the biggest deal in her life right now. 
Exactly. I would bet that this is one of the first times in Jade's life that she's really started and finished something. Yeah. Or that anyone maybe possibly in her family has done something this yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, it's like, I get it. I get why she's like so upset. Her make, can we discuss what she was wearing in her hair and makeup? I, li- I like her. I like this makeup much better than the it orange. Was crazy though. <laughs> Yeah, but she's young and so pr- like I guess if if she's I- in beauty school, so it like fits her. She had two inches of pink eyeshadow. Yeah, and eyes. then like a line of white, and then white in the corners. I just <laughs> I want to imagine what it would be like if I like met like if I went to my church job with that makeup. Like people would, everyone would comment on she it. If I wear like, a big fake fur jacket, yeah, oh, like yeah. these awful unflattering pants, like. She and this heels she could like was like shuffling in. Did you notice how she was walking? Well, also they dress Chloe in and her same outfit. Yeah, outfit. a matching little outfit, which was cute. But um, I thought Jade looked fine. I mean, I mean, I she don't know. looked crazy because that's kind of what she looks like, and it's just funny. It did. She didn't look bad. You know what I mean? No. Like I'm not like she's ugly. She looked oh, no, awful. She looked- it was just crazy because she's tacky as shit. But do you think it's just because you and me are old and out of touch? No, I think <laughs> it's because 20. no, because I watch a lot of TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> oh, me like, too. Yeah, okay. I, I think that Jade's just tacky as fuck. Like I think t- Jade's just tacky, and that's something that I like about her. This is I, a yeah, celebration. I, res- I respect her ability to. <laughs> confidently step out of her house like that <laughs> i mean i love someone who just like embrace like looks in the mirror with their full tacky off and is like you look good and then they just like, confidently walk, walk like around this. like yeah. good for you so it's 11 35 everybody's there except for her mom her dad and sean and once again i'm like so where is sean? like i couldn't figure out like how sean played into this whole thing i think so, he did he drive with them? no so he ends up we'll get there but like okay. at this point when I'm watching, I'm like, where's Sean? Like I'm confused yep, as to too. like what's going on with Sean. So they're calling Christy. She's not answering. Finally, her grandma gets Christy on the phone and Christy's like, we just left the house. It's like 1135. They're supposed to be there at 11. And Jade's like pissed, but she's like, whatever. They're 10 minutes. Like I live 10 minutes away. You know what I mean? They'll be here in 10 minutes. This is like and really frustrating. And also Jade told her mom an hour earlier on purpose because she's actually clocking out at noon. Exactly. Like she did this on purpose knowing and she'd be this late. We know that it's not just them running late because her grandma's like, okay, well you need to get here. And Christy snaps at her and is like, I've been told all fucking day what I have to do. I was like, oh, bad, 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 bad. Like this is not just like, this is not just like Christy's running late right now. You know what I mean? Like this is like shit's going down. Well, Sean says that later. You got that, right? Yeah, he does. But like, I knew then that like, you know what I mean? That this was, as soon as I heard Chrissy snap like that, like I've been told what I have to do all fucking day. It's like, well, yeah, because like you're taking care of somebody else's kid and there's a really major event. So like you need to follow their directions. Also, I think that Sean during this is, there's nothing more complicated than the fact that he's just probably playing Xbox. Yeah. And that's why he's late. Like, I mean, I think he's unrelated to this Drama. Well, he's so finally there. It's a been a it, it's a full hour late. It's like over twelve. It's after twelve o'clock now. So I guess yeah, then like she has the to mood, wait like a whole the mood. extra hour. It's so weird. They're like sitting in this room. Oh, Everybody's dead quiet. So they're calling Chrissy. They're calling Chrissy. She's not answering. Like five different people are calling. Eventually, Sean gets there, and uh, this is this is when I was like even more confused because Sean's like she's like, where the fuck are my parents? And she's like, he was like, oh yeah, I was waiting for them, but 
they just were taking so long that I decided to leave, which like I see could be true. Maybe he thought they would just sure, all drive maybe. together. And then after 45 minutes, he's like, well, like I have to go. I, I'm going to go. But and then bring Chloe. The- well, oh, he didn't have the car seat. But he didn't have the car seat. Cause I, that was my first thought too. I'm like, well, why wouldn't he just bring Chloe? And he's like, Jade, I didn't have the car seat, which is legit. If you don't have the car seat, you, you can't. Sure. But the car well, seat was in the and- same driveway, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> he could have went and got the keys, put the car seat in yes. his car. Like also they're on teen mom now, like get a car seat in everybody's car. Get a like, second car seat. Like I understand car seats are expensive, but like they're on teen mom and get Instagram money. Like they can afford three car seats. I believe Outrageous. that to be true. Normally I wouldn't say that about people that are struggling because car seats are expensive as fuck, but they should have three car seats if this is something that happens to them. Absolutely. So Sean is like, yeah, they were fighting. They were screaming at each other. And that just like goes in one ear and out the other with Jade. But I'm like, your daughter's with them. Exactly. Your daughter's with them. And now they're going to all drive together and they're all like pissed off at each other. And they're going to take your daughter and drive in on the road with them. So everybody's like sitting in this little break room area. They have these uh, donuts that say congrats, Jade. I was like, I really want one of those donuts. Um, and finally they get through to Christy and Jade. This is what scares me about Jade is how fast she gets mad and how willing she is to go get that mad in front of other people. There's like 15 of her friends in this room and family and she screams. And I'm not meaning like she get like when I said Kale was screaming at her mom and then it's like, well, she wasn't screaming. She was just mad. No, Jade is screaming. Christy picks up the phone. She's like, we're on our way. And Jade's like, that was 25 fucking minutes ago. Everybody in that room is dead silent. Oh, a pin. You can hear a pin drop dead silent nobody knows what to say throughout the episode her friends are like well you know your mom's gonna be late like one of her friends was like why are you having your mom bring her like you can tell her friends are like you know how your mom is like what are you doing and when she's just like i'm like aren't you embarrassed to scream like that and i don't think she is and that no i think it's so it's so regular for her it's nothing people that will scream like that in front of uh other people scare me because then what are you willing to do behind closed doors i i agree i agree there needs to be a sense of like we all agree that this is inappropriate so if we do this we do it in private and yeah, like, if, we're, if, we, if we get in like a bicker and like i'm pissed at you i'm, I'm like, gonna we'll be fine but then once we get home I'm, I'm unleashing on you yeah but you have like sense that you're like no we're not going to do this in public because this is embarrassing and i don't want people to see me this way and People that don't seem to have that sense, like, really unnerve me. Like, they make me really nervous. Because it's, as I always say, like, somebody that doesn't agree to the rules of society that the rest of us totally, do, like, make me yeah. very uncomfortable. And I don't mean that in, like, a weird, heteronormative, straight, white person way. I mean that in, like, a, we all agree that it's not okay to scream at somebody on the top of our lungs in person. We all agree that you have to have manners. Like, that's what I mean it in. Like, I manners was, uh, and respect. I, I was at um, Walgreens today buying cat food. And you know how they have all the partition, like, the uh-huh. sections, like, stand here for social distancing? Yeah. The guy in front of me was next in line, but he didn't move all the way ahead to the front of the line. And you could tell, like, there was, like, four entire circles in front of him before he decided to, like, move up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just didn't go to the yes. front. And everyone in the line was like what's this guy fucking doing? Like, it was that's, the strangest That's what I mean. Follow like the that. social norms. When like, you're next in line, move forward so we like can move all forward. move forward. Yeah. A hundred percent. So Jade's screaming. Everybody's dead silent. And then Jade goes, oh, she hung up on me. It's like, yeah, bitch. 
Did you th- like, what did you want to happen? She wanted her to yell back because Jade is much like Kale. I think Jade, was probably also driving and, and Jade, I think, gets phone. a huge rush from fighting. And that's mm-hmm. something else that makes me nervous because you can tell Jade when she goes to that rage place, she does it in a bar- very powerful way, I guess I would say, that like I can tell she's like getting off on it. Yeah, she like yeah, it feels good for her. To did you that. just say it's like Janelle? A little different because I actually don't think it feels good for Janelle. Um, I think for Janelle, it feels. I think right away she comes down and feels shitty about it and like just cries. That's right. why she always ends up sobbing. Yeah, but I true. think Jade like it like exhilarates her. Oof, and just I feel so bad because like if you just kind of take yeah, a step back, it's, it's just sad like, because is- she does it because of her mom like because yeah. of her life one this is her like yeah graduation everyone's it's here so excited sad. and i just feel like the mood of the room went from just like everyone's so happy and now everyone's just it down on this low we're like waiting it sucks so much that christy put her in this position it's yeah. so shitty this is like the most important day of her life and all she wanted was her mom to be able to do the most simple task she was not asking her mom to do anything. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. Just get here by 11 o'clock. And really, I've given you an extra hour of built-in time yeah. because, because I, I know that you're that irresponsible. And she doesn't do that. And But at the same time, it's like, why are you trusting your mom with the most important part of the day? Her grandma even goes, you should have told her to be here at 11. And she goes, I did. <laughs> Yeah, she goes, well, Emmy, you should have told her 10 then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, because I think her grandma is just like, you know what I mean? It's I like, everyone's I think she's trying to, to laugh because yeah, everybody's they're like trying so to horrified. lighten the mood in the room because nobody knows what to do because Jade is so upset and sad and yeah, like and everyone's like trying to make knows, light of it. Exactly. And like, it's hard because Jade is justified in being upset and totally. I understand why she's upset. But then at the same time, I'm like, stop putting your eggs in the basket that is your mother because she's going to break them every time and every time you're going to be upset yeah she should have had her grandma bring yeah one of her friends friends. so many people there so many people just bring chloe with you at 8 a.m and like or sean that day like if sean was gonna be there's so many people in her life that could have swung by put her in a fucking uber by herself like totally <laughs> that's safer than driving with fucking there's, with an unknown person there's so many things that she could have done that she didn't do and this is kind of why i feel like she likes the rage i think she's subconsciously doing this like continuously putting her mom in a situation where her mom will fail her so that she can rage right. at her I don't think she's doing that on purpose. I don't think she knows she's doing that, but I do think that she's doing that. I think that she gets an enjoyment out of like, even though it's sick and she would never admit this because it's so subconscious. I think in a way it's like this weird self-sabotage she does where it's like, I am going to set my mom up to fail so that I can rage out at her and be justified in raging out at her. And I can unleash this on her, which is so unhealthy. Can you imagine now being Christy and having to walk into this room and her having the balls <laughs> I, to look pissed I don't think Christy even realizes in? it. She doesn't even have shame. Like, I don't think Christy operates that way. I, I think, think I would, I would like, move hey. to like, I would move to Germany or something and never, you'd never I'd be like, Chloe, go so inside. Like I would like, yeah. leave, like, be, like you so have to walk from outside, like by yourself, Chloe. 
Can you imagine no. walking into that room and then acting mad? No. And she goes, I made her hair look cute. Don't you think her oh. hair looks cute from the side? And Jade is like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. She's like, I, I wonder if Christy and Jade ever physically fight. I feel like they do. At least I feel shoving. like they do too. Because it can, yeah, exactly. Maybe not punches, but I think you're exactly right. Shoving because yeah. the like just like the amount of built up rage that Jade has, it just makes me nervous. Yeah, for sure. Chrissy's so awful. She's despicable. She's yeah, an hair. awful mother. The fact that she could not get, she had such a simple task. And she gave her an extra hour to do it and she was still an hour late. And then she graduates and it's nice and I'm proud of her. Like I, I am cr- proud I of her. I cried. I felt so proud of her. Oh. But then I'm- when she was walking out, like when she was doing the walk with Chloe, I, th- I think that Jade was like on the verge of tears. Like her just, her face wasn't. I couldn't wasn't- tell. So I couldn't tell if she was like crying because she was ha- like proud of herself or crying because she was so upset at her mom. I think it was more like, just like, I should be happy, but like, I'm trying to pretend like I'm happy. This is like another thing in my life that I should be happy at, but my terrible mother ruined it for me. Yeah. And like, and and I'm so embarrassed about what just occurred. And like, also, if you look at it, it's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal, but like all of these people were there to watch was about two minutes worth of activity. Exactly. You're right. It's actually not a huge deal. They could have just started eating and stuff already and like done that. The part that they were going to do after before, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then one Chloe got there and it was time because I think she had to wait because they counted it down I think I would imagine yeah. would have to clock out on an hour or like a half hour like an even time so like when they weren't there by 12 and they knew they're gonna have to wait till one which is what I think happened they should have just been like okay because Sean is like chowing down on a, a hoagie if you know oh this. yeah oh I so, know like, <laughs> so like eat the hoagies eat the donuts like do that the part that you would have done from 12 to 1 anyway and then, like, at one, after you do the graduation, then you take some pictures and everybody leaves. Like, just rearrange the schedule so it doesn't have to be this this awkward and awful. But I think that Jade, like, doesn't – I don't think, like, her mind could do that. Like, I think it was but just, like – But, like, to, to have to rearrange it's, – it's, like, rearranging yeah, it your wedding to be, like, let's do the reception first and then the actual I get, I get it. But what I'm saying is it's, like – it just sucks that like Jade let this thing just like ruin her day so much. Yeah. A day that like could, should have been so special. And like, I, well, another thing I don't understand is like why when her mom wasn't showing up, like why didn't she send, I like one of those oh, friends yeah. had to have Someone, a car seat. Her right? mom, like, could, like the grandma should have gone and been like, Christy, get in the fucking car. Or like just gone and gone, gotten Chloe. Like somebody in that room had a car seat because a lot of Jade's yes. friends seem to have kids, right? Like she hangs out with a lot of people that have kids. Like somebody ha- could, I just think that she like likes the chaos and rage her mom gives her. That's why she's compared to Kale. Like, like remember in exactly. one of the reunions they had the two of them just like on a segment together for no reason, just because they're so similar. But yeah, they just turned out so anticlimactic because it was like, okay, well, here we go. Okay, 10 <laughs> seconds later, it's over. Everyone, yeah, bye. it just sucks. It's so sad. It was supposed to be such a happy moment, and she was it's really awful. upset. Christy sucks just in a way that is not really enjoyable for me to watch. Like, agreed. Like, she's well, just, I kind so of like despicable. watching it, I'll be honest, because I like, <laughs> okay. I, it doesn't. I don't like watching Christy necessarily, but I will say I find it kind of thrilling to watch how her and Jade interact. And like, I can see that. I, the, the scariness, like I feel legit scared when I watch Jade scream like that. And I'll be honest, I 
that it's a little thrilling to me to watch, to be scared. By but it's in a different way than when Babs and Janelle fight. Cause when Babs and Janelle fight, like I just, that was, that's more enjoyable to me. Babs well, and Janelle. Well, I think Babs and Janelle fighting is easier to indulge in because Janelle is so awful and Jade yeah. isn't really awful. So it just feels a little pathetic. Like, yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, Jade seems like pretty normal and put together and strong and hardworking. And so watching her just like get shit on by her mom over and over again, you're like, baby, come on. By her mom, like the, her mom, that's the, I guess that's the thing is the power dynamic is that Babs is the mom. So she's in the right most of the time. I guess. Yeah. And Janelle's but, just so awful. So like, yeah. and, scre- and Babs is a bitch and like, she picks the fight. So when the... Barbara and Janelle feel, feels like they're on very equal footing. Jade and, they're, and, Christy, and they're both charismatic. Yeah. Whereas Christy is in no way charismatic. Jade and Christy are just like sad in a way that is like, ooh, girl, fix your life. You don't have to live like that. That's just what I want to tell Jade. Like, you don't have to deal with her. Don't let her move into your house. <laughs> oh, God, don't let her move into don't your house. Don't let her take care of your kids. Like... I Don't can't let Sean move into your house. Truly. I can't believe Jade hasn't gotten pregnant again. She must have an IUD. I would hope so. She does seem responsible enough to have done that. Like, she seems like but if she, she just I mean, you would think she parents. was responsible enough not to get pregnant the first time. And yet, here we are with she, Sean's baby. I remember the very first episode of, of Young and Pregnant where I was like, oh, these two seem like they have a good relationship. She's like cutting his hair. Isn't she like cutting his hair in yeah. the very first episode? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, oh, and it almost seemed like they planned to have the baby. She's like, I live with my boyfriend, Sean, and we're having our first yeah, baby. Yeah, well, they were a little older. She was like 21, I think, 21. by the no, time. What that dog, by the way? We haven't seen that, do- that dog in a while. Oh, Miguel. Yeah. I remember her posting a GoFundMe for that dog? Yeah, because he got hit by a car and he, like, broke his leg. But he's he was fine. But I'm I'm up. Can we see more Miguel, please? I want to yeah, see some more Miguel. Um, he could live there and we just never see him because we're actually not in Jade's house that much. And when we are, we're just, like, on, like, in one area of the house. Yeah, so he, like, could house. there just, like, totally out of frame. You know what I mean? Just, like, sleeping on the, the chair that's opposite them that we don't he's like, I'm not. He's like, I'm not dealing with any of this shit. <laughs> exactly it's like i'm tired all day Ugh, amanda do you want to plug all of the podcasts that you have oh uh, sure uh okay <laughs> so i have a podcast amanda loves to hate teen mom that's on available on you know everywhere and it's just me it's very different than liz's podcast but it's me more just doing impressions and full reenactments of the episodes so and it's no, in no way insightful or thoughtful so come to Liz for that. Uh, I also have uh, on Patreon, uh, we love to hate TV with my gal pal Jody from reality TV podcast. And we just do, uh, we do just everything. We do recaps of fucking everything. So you can check that out. And also I have total request pod with Jody. That's on Patreon as well. And that's where you can submit us to watch anything in the entire universe. It's where I stole the idea for Liz explains. Oh, I mean, it's a good idea though, right? It's fun. It's, you request something, I'll re- we'll recap it, whatever. Yeah. We did like, who wants to be a superhero, which was some weird reality show from 2006 last week. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So uh, check that out. That's it. Well, thank you so much. I love crossover weeks. Uh, me too.
<laughs> like it's it's a big it's like it, it's a lot of hours spent but yeah. I always feel very giddy I know I was like I was like oh my god I'm recording with Amanda again today like I know I like weren't we just taught was that yesterday like <laughs> it was it was two days ago but um but I feel like I feel invigorated now I feel like Jade after screaming at <laughs> <laughs> I feel high on life <laughs> thanks for having me though I always love being on here I love your show it's a great show thanks Amanda have a good one thanks. bye this podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.